0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Lorraine, where on earth are you? That's, that's a different background on the Zoom that I'm seeing. Yes, it's not curated and elegant and
2: stylish at all. <laughs> I'm in my son's, my 13-year-old son's bedroom. It's a bit whiffy. Um, I notice some of the mugs I've been looking for over there
1: on the floor. It's quite dark in there, Lorraine.
2: Yes, it is. And I feel like I might need a tetanus injection afterwards, quite (laughs) frankly. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Trish Halpin and I'm Lorraine Candy and we're on a mission to tackle all the big and small issues that affect women at this stage of our life from insomnia to mind and body wellness, HRT to sex drive, careers and relationships, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens.
1: So today, we're going to be taking a good look in the mirror and asking ourselves how we really, honestly, truly feel about the aging process. And we're going to be asking health and beauty coach, Karen Cummings-Palmer, on how to keep it all looking as good as is humanly possible. And she should know because she is fabulous. We're also trying and testing
2: a wardrobe makeover gadgety thing in me Bob I think that's you Trish isn't it (laughs) and the best natural deodorants
1: so we thought we'd kick off um this episode by having a little mini book club because we like to chat about the books that um we're reading don't we so what's what's on your list Lorraine what have you loved
2: well, I've got quite a good mix here because I just love books. It's been it's been lovely as they've got a little bit older the teenagers because I've had a bit more time to read books. So I have dipped back into a Philippa Perry book, How to Stay Sane.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Which I think She's was, one of your
1: favourites, isn't it? She's she? a favourite, but how to stay sane yeah. is
2: it really begins, helps you begin again I think about resets and things like that. Um I've also got, because I have worked in fashion for 4,010 years, um, Andre Leon Talley's The Chiffon oh, Trenches.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just can A lot of juicy, juicy things it. happening in that book, I should think. I do think we
2: need to read um, Why I'm Not Talking to White People About Race. I think everyone needs to read that, the René Edo-Lodge
1: book. Um, have you read Ariel Levy's The Rules Do Not Apply? I have not, but I do That's, know her as a writer because we used to commission her a lot on the magazines I used to work on, but she's an yeah. amazing writer. Should I tell you That's what, I've been, what I've been reading? Shall I tell you what I, what I absolutely loved, which I've just read, is Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. The title, Hamnet, it refers to um, Shakespeare's son who died, one of his, he had twins like me, girl-boy twins, and uh, he, the poor old Hamnet... Um, died of bubonic plague um, aged 11 years old and this is like a fictional account and it's really it's not about Hamlet himself it's about the mother so I suppose essentially Shakespeare's wife but uh, Farrell calls her Agnes rather than I suppose Anne, Anne Hathaway and it's more about the everyday domestic life of the family living in Stratford-upon-Avon and she's just this remarkable character she's a herbalist she flies a hawk and has this really sort of powerful most supernatural intuition which i I just, it's such a good book. I, yes, you've I think talked, it, it's, about it's moved you, hasn't it, this it book? It has, yeah. it's moved me. And I also just read, again, I, I think it's from last year, but I've only just got round to it, An American Marriage by Tayari. Oh, I hope I'm yeah. pronouncing that right. Tayari Jones. Um, it won the Women's Prize for Fiction last year. And it's this remarkable story about this terrible miscarriage of justice that happens to a newlywed couple, which then really tests their relationship and can it survive his incarceration? So it's like will they be able to have children because they're going to miss the childbearing years because he's in prison. And it's written from both points of view. But I thought the strongest story was actually the husband, Roy, because he ends up in prison Because he happens to be a black man who's unlucky enough to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, so it's a very interesting look at sort of American society and marriage and relationships. It's had great reviews, that book. Yeah, really good. Marion Keys, our lovely Marion, grown-ups have got to take. Um, I haven't read the Curtis Sittenfeld-Rodham book, which is the fictional account of the Hillary Clinton stories. So that's um, some of the books that we've been really enjoying over the summer, but there are some really great releases coming up. What are you looking forward to, Lorraine? Well, there
2: are a few that are um, in the midlife area. I'm looking forward to The New Hot by Meg Matthews, who is on Series 1. Um, I've written a little bit for that as well. So that's full of advice and women's stories. Between the Covers by Julie Cooper. Oh, <laughs> Jilly, 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 Obviously, she's back. Obviously, I should be reading that in front of everyone mm-hmm. on the tube. I'm looking forward to Elizabeth Day's new book, Philosophy, because mm. I just think she, talking about women and failing and what we've learned from it, she's really nailed that, Elizabeth Day, and she's got such mm. a lovely, warm tone around her. Claudia Winkleman, um, who I know, who's lovely, has got a book coming out called Quite in October. And then India Knight's got a book out called Darling. I love a bit mm-hmm. of India. And Dolly Alderton has... It's her first novel, Ghosts, which is coming out in October, which I've had a preview of, which is really great.
1: Trish, what's coming mm. up for you? Well, I've got two that are absolutely on my must-read list. The first is uh, the new one by Eleanor Ferrante. Um, it's called *The Lying Life of Adults*, and um, I'm sure many people will have read her fantastic quartet of books um, set in Naples about two girls growing up during the war and or just after the war. Um, I really struggled and this... with that, you know. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. do you know what? Maybe a bit marmitey. I absolutely yeah. loved them. Well, it might be a, it might be an easier one. I don't know. It, it, it sort of returns to Naples and again it's about a young girl who get this at the age of 12 she overhears her father saying that she's ugly and then <gasps> it's then how this oh, then goes tads. her life unfolds and how the impact that that has on her life and the direction she takes in life which from one awful moment which I, think I, is quite I fascinating. had a friend
2: whose father She's in her 50s now. Once said to her, um, A moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips, when she was oh. about 14. And it's completely defined her whole attitude.
1: Oh, my goodness. I mean, I know we
2: don't mean to say these things, but we should really think about it, <laughs> shouldn't we? Yeah. Saying it out loud. <laughs>
1: And then um, finally, um, really looking forward to uh, a follow-up book by um, a nurse actually called Christy Watson, who wrote the most, most beautiful book called um, The Language of Kindness about two years ago, about her experience of nursing, which I, ha- I think it has to be one of the best medical memoirs you can read. And it's just so beautifully written and observed. And it, it just completely restores your, your faith in human nature. And she's got a new one out called The Courage to Care, which um, is a follow-up. and read an extract and it's it's just as compelling and uh, beautifully written so that's that's one for, to watch out it's for it's not well.
2: medical is it it's really it's, it, a, it's about no. her miscarriage as well I think isn't it and about yeah I think it's
1: all it's about caring and it's love about and caring, caring. Yeah. yeah about different types of caring and, and caring I mean obviously the nursing profession and, and actually she went back uh, she she left nursing to be a writer full-time and uh, she actually went back during Covid which I think was really interesting because she's a very caring person. Some
2: extraordinary women out there, some Mm. extraordinary women. Well that's great, that's a good roundup of books. Right little Trish, before we get (laughs) to our guest today Um, we've had some really lovely um, comments on our Facebook group, Postcards from Midlife, and actually on our Instagram as well. So do have a look, do join. Uh, There's been some really nice things. I think we're helping people, and that's the whole point of the podcast and the group.
1: And they're helping us I'm loving reading all, all the the comments and interaction and posts on on the Facebook group um and it's just nice to hear from women going through the same thing so, so you don't I've feel got, mad don't feel mad like Madder. lovely lovely lady called Anna who's sort of posted that she's knackered she's 46 works full-time she says I feed dogs clear up sick make lunches find calculators book dental appointments stop on my way home to pick up meds email school help with art projects feed cats make dinner and wash dishes and this is why we need hrt and botox i think anna we are all agreeing with you on that
2: one it's like being two people in one day being a midlife woman isn't it doing everything for everyone else as well and then we had um, a really nice comment from a woman called patricia uh, she said it's great to see more awareness of the menopause and with it being added to school curriculum from september It's a conversation I'm having with my partner's 13 year old son as we navigate my perimenopause because we're all in this together. That's the Make Menopause Matter campaign Mm. um, that's been really working for the last couple of years to make sure that it's talked about on the school curriculum in the same way all other sex and female education is talked about because it's another stage of a woman's life.
1: Yeah. And then we had one from
2: Jackie as well, didn't you? Yeah. What did she said, Trish. Well,
1: she's she's talking about HRT, which is obviously a common thread, and she was uh she really enjoyed our episode with Anna Richardson talking about how HRT didn't instantly work. And Jackie says, it made me feel like I'm not the only one. I started on it six months ago and I'm still having problems with it. Now they are talking about the Mirena Coil. Anyone got any thoughts or experiences about this option? Um, so that's the kind of thing people are asking and sharing yes. on the Facebook group. And I think uh, Jackie got lots of support and answers on yes, that Yes, wherever
2: we can, we pop in a link if we think it's helpful or we mention a book or an expert or something. They could point you. I mean, we're not medical experts, are we, Trish? Definitely
1: not. No, no, no mm-hmm. it's
2: not in our our journalistic glossy magazine training but we do know a lot of experts and we've met lots of people who could be helpful so if you dip in we will be able to point you in the right direction in between doing all those other things that um, Anna mentioned in her comment <laughs>
1: Now it's time to welcome this week's special guest, Karen Cummings-Palmer. Karen is a health and nutrition coach specializing in beauty from the inside out. She works with private and corporate clients all over the world and has helped develop and launch several health and beauty brands. Karen, welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I think a good way of starting
2: would be for you to kind of tell our listeners what you do, what your speciality is and where it kind of fits with that midlife woman.
0: So integrative health and nutrition. So I look at um, the health from a really holistic perspective and I specialize in age management, um, partly because I had the pleasure and the challenge of turning 40 while I was living and working in Los Angeles. And of course I was already so late to the kind of, you know, age management invasive game. And I just decided that I really wanted, I was vain, although I wasn't neurotic, And I really wanted to manage my own aging process. Um, So I I just decided to really drill down on that.
2: And how do women feel about aging when they talk to you? Because our sense is that it's not really about trying to look younger all the time. It's just trying to look better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hear all kinds of crazy stuff that makes me, you know, really sad. Like, you know, I feel invisible. Um, Of course, a lot of women, you know, cry when they see a new wrinkle. But actually, for most women, what it really is, I think it's it's the loss. It's the grieving of their former selves. So what I really try and help women and and men um, as well, but mostly women do, is is manage the process. So my aim is somebody could not see you for 20 years and they should still recognize you. You should just look like an older version of your former self. And if you do some stuff, do quite a lot of stuff, frankly, as you get older every day, then I really think that, you know, that women can achieve that youth is currency of course it is you know that gorgeous plumness yeah. that you, that your kids have you know your girls have of course it is currency but you know what so is age so is the grace and the wisdom and the humility that can only come with age and I think that's something that we should embrace and nurture and celebrate
1: how has your own midlife experience been you've obviously spent a lot of time thinking and you know, working very around <laughs> is so glamorous around as you say age management
0: how has the experience of moving between different decades been for you i guess there were sort of two pivotal points when i was about to turn 40 i was like okay i'm i'm, I'm just going to take control of this process and of course with the work that i do you know i, I kind of you know i've, I've got to walk it right you know i've got yes. <laughs> so, to be honest that has been hugely helpful and then i did it again very recently as i was approaching 50 but because I had worked on it from in that decade, which I think is game changing, it's yeah. like you know that's you know that's when you really have to take control. Because I worked on it, I actually um, I felt really good about the process. It's glowing as we grow, right? So um, so the process for me has been mostly positive. But of course, there are certain things that you know, like I'm um, peeing more often. <laughs> you know,
2: I mean, you know that is the issue. So I come to you, say, as a woman at 40 and I say, right, I'm going to, I want to get a grip on this. And mm-hmm. I've clearly got to make some changes. Where do you, where do you begin? Is it the kind of, Oh, well you should be drinking five glasses of water a day and getting 55 hours of sleep um, and covering your face in serums. How do you start to unpick the
0: changes and what are the changes to make? So first of all, I really, you know, I say, I'm not any more clever than anyone else. The reason I get results is because I work within the context of people's lives so I know you have teenage kids, for example. I'm not yeah, the same information as a single person that's living on their own and has total control over you know, most of the hours of their day. Yeah. Um, so it's really understanding how you live. And then what I do is I try and add in the good before taking away the bad, because it is really difficult. Somebody's been drinking Coca-Cola and eating crystal their lives. It's really difficult to say, you know, when know, yeah. don't do it anymore. But what's much easier to do is, can you add some amigas to that? Can you add some water? Can you add some greens? Can you add some antioxidant rich berries? It's a really layered approach. So, uh, you know, if you wanna do it naturally, if you don't wanna do it invasively, you gotta do a lot. Like, uh, you (laughs) know, I'm like the highest (laughs) maintenance, low maintenance person I know. So I, I, I don't do anything that is invasive, but I do a lot. So it's movement, it's what you put, Topically on your skin. It's how you work your skin. It's of course what you eat. It's your supplementation. It's how you sleep, how long you sleep, um, and it's how you think.
2: What's your yeah. morning routine when you get up? What do you what? Because your skin is very glowing. Thank you. What What um, do you do there?
0: Tell me a lot. Um, <laughs> so um, I get up in the morning. I do a stretch. That's the very first thing I do. Like a cat. Like a cat open up the heart, bend down, have your head hanging heavy, sending all that blood to your head and your hair. So that's good for Ooh. stuff. Stretches out your heart muscles. Often you've been scrunched up at night. And then what I do is spit out into Ooh. a loo or a sink. So Ooh. spit out. Because ah. the detoxification process that's happening overnight, which is why i are all a bit, you know, bit mm. it's very pleasant right mm-hmm. um so get it out rather than swallowing it in from sort of Ooh, the that's a good point that's a good so get one. it out and then i do a scrape a tongue scrape tongue scrape, copper, yes copper tongue scraper and when you start doing it you'll be like oh my god i can't believe i haven't been doing it all these years how revolting is that so you kind of scrape out <laughs> it becomes It sort of, it kind of feels good, you know. Um, But, you know, it gets all that horrible stuff out, and then I drink water, then you want to rehydrate. But what about skincare products? Skincare products are a little bit like food. So if you think about your food over the course of the week, right, you want your, you don't sort of, don't think about it necessarily daily, but think about it weekly. So you want to have spinach, and then kale, and then broccoli, and then asparagus when it's in season. And you just want to mix it up, right, and have loads of different colors. The same with your skincare. But it only works when you've got a little bit of skincare education.
2: And also, you don't change it, do you? You get to midlife and you're still using the stuff that you might have used at 30, which you must go through women's bags and boxes and think, what, where's
0: all this from? <laughs> I do. So, you know, people are using the same thing. And I get it. It's because if you don't, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, it's much better to stick to the same thing every day. But I just think, well, you know, you want different things. You know, there's this whole debate about oils and not oils, right? Some people yeah. are not Oils are amazing; they're the best thing ever. And some people are like they're the skincare devil. The truth is, like me, they're both they're both kind of right. So oils are amazing; they are a wonderful vehicle to get nutrients into your skin. But they're also not necessarily, you know, they're not giving you stuff that hyaluronic acid can give you, that retinol is giving. You, so you want to mix it up. So in the morning, I like a I like a cleanse. Um, uh, I don't necessarily cleanse every single morning if I haven't been, you know, out much the day before and i didn't wear a scrap of makeup and i've had a good clean in the night then i might just do a quick wipe or a quick splash um otherwise i'll do a cleanse and i do like a toner and then i will put an oil on um, and i will really massage it into my skin Uh, and then i put you know i'm i'm good to go or i'll put makeup on top of that At the night i'm thinking right that's when i want my retinols and most women over 40 retinol which is a kind of a bit of it does a little bit of everything yeah good idea for a lot of women a vitamin c especially if you have you know pigmentation issues um you, you might use a vitamin c um you might use like a you know a firming kind of collagen based serum and then over the top of that, I was like a hyaluronic acid. So the hyaluronic acid is giving you, it's getting all that moisture from the air and it's helping retain moisture in your skin and it makes everything plump and dewy and gorgeous.
1: And this routine, um, Karen, would that be appropriate for all different skin types? So black, Latin, Asian, white
0: skin types. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you've got more, you know, you've got slightly different concerns and that's where you're going to like spend your cash mm-hmm. so the things that you know like the serum and that's what penetrates the layers of the skin so of course if you are darker skin type you're probably going to be slightly less only, only slightly less slightly less concerned about lines um, and maybe more concerned about pigmentation mm-hmm. so I might spend a little bit more on vitamin c that might be more of an issue than it might be for you um, for example, but I still want a bit of everything. That's why like the retinol's great, because it's a little bit of a catch-all. So it's really it's not about um, you know, we are all we've all got the same stuff coming at us. It's like SPF. People are like yeah. our oh, well, i don't use an SP. We all need an SPF. Yeah, that's the big thing, isn't it? We all need the SPF because it's the it's the I mean, sunspots, blemishes, wrinkles, but yeah. the big one, as far as I'm concerned the big one is the breakdown of elastin and collagen because yes. that's scaffolding that keeps it up. So you know, you see like young, young girls, even like in their late twenties and early thirties with crows feet around their eyes. Yeah. They don't look old. They still look like they're in their no, late- because the rest of it's all puffy and lovely. <laughs> it's about, exactly, it's exactly. So it's the sagginess that's really the enemy, mm. which is why we all need sunscreen. But yeah, you might want to focus a little bit on site in different areas.
2: Do you think there's a kind of um, judgment of women at this age that, when we start to focus a little bit more on what we look like, because we we do, I'm much more focused now than I ever was. I was incredibly low maintenance up until now. That We're somehow being shallow. Do you feel that that judgment still exists and that the beauty industry maybe
0: capitalizes on that sometimes, or what are your thoughts around that? I do think it capitalizes on it, absolutely. I do think it exists. I think the beauty industry capitalizes on it, but I think it's getting a lot better. I think that you've got brands now that are, you know, that are reason, you know, reasonably accessible in terms of price point that are yeah. quite a lot of expert led, doctor led skincare brands. I always say to people that, um, first of all, I think a bit of vanity is a healthy thing. Yeah. And, and, I, and I absolutely think it is not superficial. I mean, this is the stuff that if you're a really spiritual conscious person, right, this is what's housing your soul. This is what's housing your so it's, soul. It's okay to care about it. So it is absolutely okay to care about it, um, and the other thing is that if you care about it, if you take care of it, and it's for me, it's five minutes here, five minutes there. It means you can kind of forget about it for the rest of the day. You do a bit in the morning, you do a bit in the evening. That means you don't have to freak out about it when you're sixty. You know, yes. you don't have to like yes, stress all the time. You don't have to. You don't have to be, frankly. You know, um, you don't snap at your husband or your partner friends because you feel so bad about yourself. It's important for yourself to be your best self. So
2: talk to me about business as well, because a lot of women um, at this age – start again they have a kind of bit of a reset and they go in a different direction or they make their side hustle the thing that they really want to do. So you set up 79 lux, didn't yeah. you? Uh,
0: tell us about that. So so many women now have you know they're like they're, their bodies are in pretty good shape but they haven't paid any attention to the skin. So they're like I can't wear a strap you, I mean not what being able to wear a strap dress stress when you're 45. I mean that is that is a crying mm-hmm. shame. Um I also had eczema born with really bad skin. And I still have it, so I still get the occasional flare up, but it's 90% better, 90% of the time. So I'd kind of been on my own skincare discovery journey, personally, as well as professionally, kind of since I was eight years old, frankly. So I wanted it to be amazing in terms of efficacy. I wanted it to be natural. I wanted, well, actually nothing's 100% natural, because once it's on the shelf, it has to have preservative in. I wanted it to be almost entirely natural, very organic um, but I also wanted it to be in a really luxurious and feel and look and I wanted it to be made in the UK and I literally was searching for that product couldn't find it so I made it myself.
1: And, it's and a you body launched that oil. as
2: a
0: business it's a body oil isn't it that you launched it's, as well, a business? Well two products third about to launch actually so one is a body balm the first one was balm. And that was, you know, it was for me and my clients. So launched that and um, and people loved it, which was wonderful. Um, and, then, um, and then we developed an oil. And the oil, which is actually what I have on my face, you can use it head to toe. And it's like, if we can use one product that we can use everywhere, it also helps boost your immunity, relieves tension, you know, then why not do that? So it's really about solution-specific, game-changing products. We'll only develop things if I just feel like we can do better. There's a bit of a gap in the market.
1: Now, you've, um, a slightly changing tack a bit. you've spent a lot of time in LA, which must as we all know, it's probably the sort of capital city of wellness and health. But on the sort of flip side of that, there's, you know, with Hollywood, the pressure on women to be yeah. looking young. I'm sure there's a there's a huge the kind of plastic surgery of the world as well, the capital of the world as well. What kind of um, what stories have you got from there? What's kind of surprised you or amazed you about what you've experienced in L.A.? I
0: was never, ever, ever. And I'm not just being, you know, trying to be modest. I was never, ever, ever the best looking sort of woman in the room ever. Right, it's, you're surrounded by stunning women.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So actually, what it does is it helps you get over your own neurosis because you can't compete on that level ever. Working out, I mean, I like to call it movement rather than exercise, and do it every single day.
2: I like that is- movement, not exercise. Mm. You say exercise, I get a bit
0: anxious. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you should, you should not need a shower after you do what you do. I mean, ah! you should not need the shower. That is the key. I mean, listen, I'm not saying don't have the odd games yeah. of tennis or, or run occasionally if you don't. But what you do every day should kind of make you glow because when you're really sweating and pounding away, you're raising your cortisol level anyway, the stress hormone that hangs on to fat. Yes. So be yeah. counterproductive. But the wonderful thing about Los Angeles is people just moved every day. So friends would call me up and just say, what have you done today? Do you fancy a hike? Do you fancy a walk on the beach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very, That's very a movement thing. Is yeah. really interesting, isn't it? Because like you do this walking thing, don't
2: you, Trish, as well? Yeah. But just... I think that's one of the things when you're feeling really low and you've had no sleep and your your perimenopause and the hormones are making you depressed. That going for a walk is one of the things that everyone recommends, isn't it? And it's you don't feel like it's exercise
0: though, do you? That's it's a very good way to start getting fitter. Absolutely. Because if it's not attainable, it's not sustainable. Mm. It's not sustainable, it's not gonna work. Yeah, just do something.
2: Thank you so much for coming and talking Aww. to us. It's been incredibly helpful. I think people will be able to pull bits out of that. So thank you, Karen, for that. It's very Aww. helpful.
0: Thank you, Lorraine. Thank you, Trisha. It's thank so you. Great. great to see Aww. you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Ready to pop the question? Right,
1: so we have come to the time we've all just been desperately waiting for in the year, when our kids are finally, finally able to go back to school, and I am feeling so relieved and so pleased for them, Lorraine. How how are you feeling about it? I'm
2: feeling it's the best thing that could possibly mm. happen to them. Communication with their peers, being with their friends, seeing their teachers, having other adults in their life—it's so important to them mm. from a developmental point of view. So, I am all for it. Um, It is quite chaotic. There's a lot going on. How are you managing the twins?
1: Well, we've had a lot of stationery arriving in the house. Um, stationery, <laughs> stationery. Only buy my. If daughter. in doubt, just buy yeah. loads of post-it, some your yeah, post-it notes and like fluorescent pens and things. But do you know what? I'm like, just bring it on, buy it, whatever, because she is so excited and so enthusiastic. They both really, really are. She's expressing hers through volumes of stationery, and he's expressing his by sort of combing his hair in different ways to see how he's going to look the most cool going to sixth form college. Mm. <laughs> but, but yeah, what about your four? You've got four going on yes. different journeys this year. All four different journeys. So I have a nine-year-old
2: going back um where they're still working out the times um, and how that's going to work with her. She's a little nervous, actually. She really hasn't seen much of her friends. And obviously she doesn't have this massive access to social media. So she's not encountering them every day mm-hmm. like my teenagers are. And we've done a little bit of chatting with her on her feelings and what she thinks is going to happen and uh, trying to relax around it. There's a really good, family therapy theory about mirroring so you don't want to try and solve their problems or solve their worries or say oh don't worry about this or don't worry about that you just listen to it and 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 say so I understand so this is what you're feeling you kind of mirror it back so we've been doing Mm -hmm. a bit of that with little Mabel who's nine my 13 year old son goes into a new year meets new friends um he has to wear no uniform this term and we have to send him in a new set of clothes every single day that have been washed that's the no reason oh
1: so they're worried about filthy blazers yes filthy yeah. boy blazers yeah okay yes. that's interesting had not heard interesting. that one yeah
2: hard because we've just had to work out how we're going to keep that volume of washing going although mm. apparently we going to P kit one day then my um 16 year old is going into the sixth form so again no uniform anymore we've been trying to work that out and I think she's a bit nervous about what what will it be like without all the rules she's quite likes the rules and regulations yeah. and then my 18 year old on September the 19th is off to university so
1: um oh. it's a massive amount of change from what I can see, they're all. everybody's approaching it differently. A lot of the schools are doing different things, don't they? And I suppose they have to because they have to work with their buildings, they have to work with you know, the resources that, that they've got. I mean, it can be anything from, um, you know, I've heard that children are going to be in the same room all day and they're going to have their lunches yeah. brought to their rooms, which I think that's going to be quite challenging for the teachers. So I do think we need to think about the teachers in all of this, don't we? As well as preparing yeah. our children and making them feel safe and secure and confident about going back.
2: There's a lot of headlines saying teachers feel they're not prepared, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But actually, when you look behind the headlines at the surveys, and when you follow all the teachers as I do on social media, they are prepared, they are confident, the majority do feel They've got it right. But I think what they need is a bit of patience from parents. Mm. I've noticed on some of the WhatsApp groups I'm on, parents are very furious about smaller things like lunch Mm. um, and who will be wearing masks and who won't be. And there's a lot of them emailing teachers and asking. And actually, maybe we should just give teachers a bit of grace. Mm. Maybe we should give them a a month or so to work it out because stuff is going to change
1: and I think the other thing that I I need to do because mine are starting sixth form college and they're going to be doing one week in college and one week from home so they'll be doing lessons on Zoom one week and so I kind of feel like I really need to be on top of their timetables and really know what they're doing and where they're supposed to be because it's going to be quite a big transition anyway for them into that A-level scenario and again mine are kind of anxious about not having done GCSE exams they feel a bit like they're not properly prepared to go into A-levels because Mm -hmm. they didn't have to do that massive revision they didn't have that sort of that you know the the feelings and stress and everything that comes with sitting exams so they feel like they've lost something there hopefully after a few months they'll just get into the swing of it and realize it's 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 fine and they won't be looking back at GCSE but it is that sort of feeling that there's something lost that there's something missing yeah you know what I really hope and I might be saying this because I have no qualifications,
2: but Mm. I really hope this massive emphasis on exams and grades Mm. and medals and winning. we just really hope that pressure steps back a little bit for this generation, because there are so many other valuable things that, that, you know, there's a much more creative Mm. part of their life and we start to value the other stuff they can do and the kind of humans they're going to be. I just feel, I know it sounds a bit hippie, maybe a bit liberal, but um, I just think there's such an enormous emphasis in Europe with European working parents who are, affluent on getting their kids to top schools, top universities, Russell Group, this, all of that has overwhelmed us Mm. a little bit this summer and I think if we could just step back on that and look at the other values the effort kids put in and the kind of people they are, the other things they bring to the table, that might be a better way for the next lot
1: well you would hope that if anything was going to sort of prompt some change a global pandemic would be it but let's hope (laughs) that um you know with all the backtracking we've had over the the last (laughs) six months from our great leaders mm, that remains to be seen
2: Rightio. So uh, next up on Postcards from Midlife, um, what have you been trying and testing this week? Well, I've been having a bit of a a
1: wardrobe sort out. Do you know in those bags, you can get these bags that you attach the vacuum cleaner to and they suck out all the air. But you've got to make sure your jumpers are all nicely washed. and Can you put annoying children in them? you could do. <laughs> you could oh, do. that could be yeah maybe cats too cats. um so but before i did it i just i i came across this device it's called the steamery pilo shaver which is this sort of swedish love they do this lovely laundry stuff uh, this swedish company it's it's very nice sort of looks good in your wardrobe device. I'm it? lost
2: it's, in Trish world uh, now
1: of steamery, yes. <laughs> pilo, shaver Steamery, pilo shaver. it's this, this little, just little handheld device that you whiz over your jumpers and it gets rid of all the bobbles. You know those annoying little bobbly bits on your jumpers? Not like, like little the little sticky roller things because I like them. No, not a sticky roller. That gets off the fluff, doesn't it? This actually shaves off oh. the, the little bumps and it's just brilliant. And I've also been using <laughs> this little Pylo shaver thing on my favourite Zara. Well, the... it's it's related on my favourite Zara trousers. Which guess guess who ruined them? Oh,
2: I know what clothes. she did. Yeah, Margot. Yeah,
1: Margot. So she pulled some threads. I've got just got these. They're just sort of little viscosy polyester. They're just so comfortable. Little drawstrings. Zara classic trousers. And they had all these annoying little pulls on the front of them, which I just thought, oh, that makes them look really cheap and horrible. Um, so Margot, obviously, you've sat on my lap, and I'm blaming her. I think she clawed them. And Evil
2: I used, feline.
1: <laughs> I used the pylo Shaver on her, and they are good as new. And I'm, I'm very happy wearing my comfortable slacks. This is um, classic uh,
2: mother-of-a-teenage-children behaviour, isn't it? Because hmm. in your previous lifetime, when you were going when the children were littler and everything was just constantly busy you would not be de-bobbling oh, jumpers
1: no definitely you'd be barely have time them to go to the, the drawer and god yes yeah. no, covered in food that you hadn't remembered to wash off before <laughs> before the summer and all yeah. sorts
2: raisins yeah. I used to find raisins in oh, everything anyway now what have you been trying Lorraine so I was looking for some deodorant for my little one, who's nine and a half and is going to be needing it soon. And I thought things have moved on since I was looking for deodorant mm. for my girls. Um, there must be plastic free, more natural, less chemically. What can I buy? So I will test it myself. So I bought a crystal deodorant stick now.
1: Uh-huh.
2: It's called Salt of the Earth. Now it's $4.99, which is really expensive, I think, for deodorant. Oh, yeah. But yeah. bear with me. So, for a week, I used it and I thought, well, this is rubbish. What's going on here? Poking this piece, of, it looks like a piece of glass, so like a little tiny yes, piece of glass. You, this is not yeah. working, it won't work. So, I did what one would do in these situations emergency situations when you can't really work out the instructions. I went onto YouTube and there's a load of um, videos on how to apply. And what you've got to do is you've got to make it a little bit wet and you've got to properly rub it for about Forty seconds, so you can't just—it's not like normal deodorant. Right. Um, so it, therefore, it lasts way, way longer than normal deodorant. So, but maybe price per wear, it probably would work out the same as normal deodorant. It's but completely does it stop
1: you whiffing? That's what
2: we want to know. Well, it did stops me whiffing, but I'm uh, probably not in the most confident way mm. possible. Um, but it doesn't stop you sweating. So these deodorants don't stop yeah. you sweat perspiring. Yeah. So
1: you we still get perspiring. the old wet patches under the arms. No, I don't really get them. Trish. Oh. <laughs> That's just you. It's just me. (laughs) In In your Jane Fonda workout kit. Oh, yeah. Dripping, dripping. I think they would be really good for a a little one, though. I Um, think you're right. Yeah, but do you think the little one will have the diligence to rub it there (laughs) for 40 seconds? No.
2: No. She won't stand (laughs) in the bathroom for 40 seconds. I'll have to say, Mabel, put your arms in the air and I'll have to do it yeah i think it's worth checking it out um, Mm. particularly for sort of uh teenage girls because they might have the patience to do it and they are very aware of the sustainability footprint Mm -hmm. of all their beauty products so it might be a good thing to do you might be forking out nearly five quid at the beginning but it's probably going to last a bit longer quite a lot longer Mm -hmm. actually by the look of it um so that's what i've been trying testing this week venturing
1: out forth for you all very good very good And now it's time to step back in time for some nostalgia noodling. Lorraine, what decade are you heading to? I've gone way back in time um, mm-hmm.
2: to the 70s because I was in a shop the other day and I heard the scene tune to Tales of the Unexpected. Oh. Do you remember that?
1: Oh, I do. Sends a chill down my spine. I just got goosebumps about
2: it. in the shop. Yes. Goosebumps in the shop. Just remembering it because I used to stay up late um, and watch it with my mum. And it was absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the one about the um, landlady? She, she was the landlady who was basically every time someone checked in, she was murdering them and stuffing <laughs> them. And so there were only three people in the, in the room and the man noticed that none of them moved oh. um, or, or the cat. <laughs>
1: Flew my mind. <laughs> the theme love, tune was so. I love this. Was there a, was it a sort of like a lady's shape? Yes, it was like a flames, a, flames coming up. <laughs> yeah, coming up.
2: yeah. So that was what a was scary it? moment for me. I feel this like week.
1: you should just because you've said the theme tune. You need to just give us a little. It's rendition. that. Da, 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 da isn't it it's that one it is look cringe. at our producer Excellent. lee she's just saying what the <laughs> hell did they do to children in the 70s my god <laughs> well it's the what? first time you've sung on the podcast i've done a few oh. so i feel like you thank know, you it's 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 a moment to be to, to mark i will um, address
2: um all record deals to my agent <laughs> as a result of that
1: what have you been going back in time well, with this week i've been Stepping back to 19, not a decade, but a year, 1996. And I'll tell you why, because I feel like there's a lot of little messages coming at me at the moment oh, about no, not One of
2: your spiritual astrology, <laughs> well, a little bit, moon you know, in and just okay.
1: signs. I like looking out for signs. So I've been watching a few TV programs, um, White Lines on Netflix, which is quite good. And that keeps flashing back to the rave era in Manchester and Ibiza in 1996. Um, Little Fires Everywhere, which I'm pretty sure is 1996. And just heard on the radio the other day that it was the year that the Spice Girls had their first hit with Wannabe, forgotten about oh. that. And you can tell me whether you think this is spooky or not. Okay, so I was looking at some wedding photos, and in my wedding videos, I had Design for Life by the Manic Street Preachers on there, and I was looking at a wedding photo, and then that came on the radio.
2: You're joking. No,
1: you see? The cosmos, wow. they're a spooky... Thing. <laughs> That's what's going on. What you call
2: a coincidence?
1: Okay. <laughs> I like to read a bit more
2: big year. No pandemics though in nineteen ninety <laughs> six. <laughs> <laughs> through, <laughs> this, this is the most <laughs> significant thing, isn't it? That it we've lived through. Really probably is. Yeah. this is what our children will be talking about. Yeah. There, however they do a podcast telepathically with their
1: new nostalgia l- <inaudible> noodlings. <marks>. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Postcards from Midlife. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, please tell your friends and all the midlife women you know.
1: And we'd love you to share your midlife experiences with us on our Facebook group. And you can also contact us via the website or on social media. Goodbye. Goodbye.